Is it a yes or is it a no? It's time for everybody's favorite game show. So now, please welcome your host of the most, Carter Cooper! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Yes or No, the game show where you can either say that you know or that you don't. My name is Connor and just like in any normal game show and in life you can either say no or you can either say yes. Music to my ears, which is why we're going to be starting with a very special game and it's for everybody in the audience today. Just say yes! Here's how the game works. In front of me, I have five simple, easy to remember phrases that you can either answer live here in the audience or at home using the hashtag wrestling with fiction, replying with the simple answer of yes or no. Enter and answer every single question correctly, and you have a chance to win in our weekly prize pool over £50,000! So with that out of the way, let's get down to business. Make sure you're using the hashtag WrestlingWithFiction, and let's play Just Say Yes! Now, question one. Is Wrestling With Fiction the most underrated fantasy booking podcast in all of professional wrestling. That is indeed the correct answer. You only have four more questions to go. Question number two. Is Wrestling With Fiction deserving of more five-star reviews? Incredible. Absolutely. That is correct. Now we're, we're nearly at the halfway point here. Question number three. Does Connor Cooper have the best hair in all of professional wrestling podcasting? Yeah. Impeccable. Incredible. That is another correct answer. But we still got two more questions to go. Now. The penultimate question. Should Wrestling With Fiction be on Fantasy Booking Warfare? Absolutely incredible! One more question correct! You now have one question to go! Question is, are you ready for it? Are you ready for your chance to win over £50,000? The final question on Just Say Yes is... What the... This... Is this... Is this the television network? Ah! Oh, I swear, look, you don't need to change the channel or cancel the network, I swear! I'm just doing this for the greater good! People need to hear that there is another fantasy booking podcast out there! I, I swear, I can be as boring and as monotone as you want! I swear, I can be boring! I can be boring! Ladies!
Ladies, gentlemen, and ladies, gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome to this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast. The podcast where I pitch to you wrestling storylines from the good to the bad to the damn right insane. And today is indeed the final countdown. Oh, I am excited, I'm nervous, I'm excited and nervous, I'm scared, you cannot see me podcast listeners, but I'm moving my hands around because I know I've got to try and pitch a story with Brian Danielson. I'm really scared to do this. So, a little bit of context here, I'm I'm very nervous because Daniel Bryan's a really good wrestler and he, he could be on his last run, we don't really know. And I'm really curious what he will do. And I'll be honest with you, I'm going to say this straight up now. I have not watched any of the American Dragon. I know it's a crime. I'm a fan of Brian Danielson, the formerly now known as Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. Try and say that as a tongue twister. So I only really grew up watching... Daniel Bryan in WWE from his early days in NXT to his final match with Roman Reigns. I have no idea what to expect from Bryan Danielson going into what could be his final run in wrestling. And I think that's a prospect that we're all excited about. Something I'm excited about writing a story for. And for me, I can't help but think that Brian Danielson going is just another step for AEW. Like, they somehow got CM Punk. We might be getting Brian Danielson. Adam Cole, thankfully, when I booked the last story, has not signed a contract yet. So that is still a valid episode. You can check that out if you want to. It's back down there. And with it, we don't know what's going to happen with Brian Danielson, where he's going to go, what he's going to do next, if he's going to do anything at all. He might just bog off and go to Japan for all we know. So, <laughs> with that in mind, I'm going to be pitching a storyline, just one, just one for this week, all on what to do with Brian Danielson if he signs with AEW. And before we begin, as usual, this podcast you can listen and go to specific parts by going down to that little description of the episode, reading it, and finding those cheeky timestamps. Where if you don't want to hear me ramble about stuff like the double X handle, you can skip that and go right to the next bit. I have all the sections planned out by this point, so that is going to be grand. And if you're a frequent listener to this podcast if you're new to this podcast maybe consider once this episode is over leaving a review sharing it with your friends sharing it with your friendliest friends and maybe getting more people on board to become a fictional friend i can't believe how well that sounded that's a clap for me i don't ever get that stuff correct (laughs) yay (laughs) anyways let's talk about how we got here Let's talk about Brian Danielson's run in WWE that has led us to this point. Let's get into this. And let's talk about Brian Danielson, or at least Daniel Bryan, in about four minutes.
Okay, so this quick little retrospective of Daniel Bryan's career is going to be very hard to cut into four minutes, but I'll try my best. So, after signing to WWE, after having a highly successful independent career in the likes of Ring of Honor and various other independent promotions, Bryan Danielson now coined Daniel Bryan would be signed to a developmental deal with WWE. He would eventually go on to be part of the NXT, or the inaugural version of it, in which he would have matches against the likes of Chris Jericho, Wade Barrett, and several others before being cut from the show. This would eventually lead to the infamous Nexus angle, where Daniel Bryan and various other members of the Nexus would invade WWE, involving into, eventually, Daniel Bryan's release from the company, where he had choked out announcer Justin Roberts. He would eventually be rehired several months later during this, during a Survivor Series style match at SummerSlam in which his team with John Cena, John Morrison, Great Carly, and various others were eventually victorious. This would lead him onto his very first United States title in which he would defeat The Miz to claim the gold at Night of Champions. This would result in him holding the belt for several months until creator of Yes Movement Sheamus would beat him for the US title. During this period over time he would eventually claim the money in the bank briefcase where at TLC he would cash in to win his very first world heavyweight title with the company. He would then hold the belt for several months until he would drop the world heavyweight championship to Sheamus in 17 seconds. Arguably considered the birth of the now coined Yes Movement. A fan uproar demanding that Daniel Bryan deserved better. Over the course of another several months, he would form an unlikely friendship with Kane, in which they would have tag team comedy skits, and eventually win the tag team titles, forming the team Hell No. During this period, he would have and garner more fan upswell until he would win the WWE Championship, and then quickly lose it to Randy Orton, and go on a huge chase for several months towards the World Heavyweight title. He would eventually win the title after conquering Triple H, Randy Orton, and Batista in the same night before having an untimely injury and having to relinquish the title. He would then return near the Royal Rumble period in which he would unsuccessfully challenge and go for the world title before suffering another untimely injury to Sheamus. Talk about bad luck with Sheamus. During this period, once again, he would take another several years of hiatus, trying to get Clay to go back into the ring. He would eventually achieve this after several, and I mean several, years of absence, and get another chance at the gold. He would have several feuds with the people like The Miz, AJ Styles, and various others where he would reclaim the WWE Championship before dropping it to Kofi Kingston. During this period, he became the eco-warrior champion, eventually over time turning face and having classic feuds with the likes of Roman Reigns and various others. This would eventually conclude at WrestleMania, where he, Edge and Roman Reigns battle for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania, culminating in Daniel Bryan facing Roman Reigns for the final time on an episode of SmackDown, where his contract expired. He refused to resign and now he is a free agent. Daniel Bryan is once again Bryan Danielson. And now we live in a world of mystery. What will Bryan Danielson do? Will he go to Japan? Mexico? Or maybe even AEW? And that's a very short retrospective. I know I skipped out a bunch because uh, Bryan Danielson's career in WWE ended up being a lot longer than people expected. 
if I'm honest, you know, a very unlikely rags to riches story, a miracle among miracles in a weird time in wrestling where it feels like every severely injured wrestler is coming back from miracles like Edge, uh, Christian, and of course the very early predecessor to this, Daniel Bryan. It's... It's truly an incredible thing, and I think, you know, with Daniel Bryan being active for so many years now, post that period, we've kind of lost sight of how big of a deal that is, because that's kind of, you can argue, a bit of a catalyst towards Edge inadvertently getting back into shape, ironically because of Sheamus. So, Sheamus playing a much bigger role in people's careers than people would expect. Uh, Christian, and, you know, even CM Punk coming back. It's a weird time for an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And the thought of Daniel Bryan with all the recent rumours going about with Tony Khan is very exciting. And the thought of Bryan Danielson potentially debuting at All Out or the New York show just sounds very, and I mean very enticing. So with that out of the way, I think it's time to explain my process on what I'm planning to do with the American Dragon before we get into this week's booking. And I should say, we may as well get straight over to the tagline. So for those of you who are new to this podcast, the tagline is basically my 30-word summary of what I plan to do with the wrestler or wrestlers of the week with a little bit of extra thought process explained and scattered throughout a three-minute period. Think of it like what you'd see on Netflix when you're scrolling through and finding summaries, or Crunchyroll, because, uh, I think I forgot to say this, uh, WWE has a Crunchyroll series potentially coming out. I don't know why, I don't know how, but it apparently exists! So, with that out the way, I believe it's time that I ask all of you my fictional friends, to encourage me. Encourage me and tell me through your monitors, through your laptops, through your phones, to ask me to cue the future music... Wait, what? (laughs) To cue the music future me? Where was I going with this? Okay, so what I think is the core of Brian Danielson, just from watching WWE and watching the evolution of the Daniel Bryan character, is that he is the wrestler's wrestler, who is basically the quintessential wrestler in terms of, like, technical expertise. The guy that you look at and you imagine yourself being like when you're starting out as a professional wrestler in 2021, the workhorse, the journeyman who overcame the odds to achieve all of his dreams, even like in his own book where he apparently took a test where he had zero motivation for anything. He achieved heights greater than what anyone in a company like WWE would have ever expected. He was part of a huge massive groundswell of independent talent that arguably influenced the WWE roster to greater heights than it's ever been before from an in-ring perspective. So with that in mind, the American Dragon to me, despite not watching much, so please don't judge me here, is Daniel Bryan on his last leg 
essentially traveling around the world to reassert himself as one of the best wrestlers in the world. Because that's always been what the core of Daniel Bryan has been about. He hasn't really had much of a joy for the technically, like, comedic elements, though he is incredibly funny. The core of Daniel Bryan, even like when he won his first WWE Championship against John Cena, was that he is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's not an entertainer. So the tagline for me this week, for the American Dragon Brian Danielson, is entering the twilight of his career. An American Dragon travels the globe to reaffirm his legacy and live the life that he has always wanted to live. Because Brian, it doesn't matter if it was in front of 10 people or a billion people. The man would wrestle anybody. That's really how it is. And you look at the type of people who he's wrestled and tried to elevate people like Drew Gulak back in the day, uh, Cesaro, just a, a lot of great talented people. If you're a good wrestler, Brian Downson's gonna want to have a word with you. <laughs> That's basically how I view Brian Danielson, the wrestler, maybe also the person. I can't really speak for it. I've never met the guy, but he comes off as a guy who just wants to do the stuff that he loves, and that's it. And honestly, that's a very, like, simple and courageous life to live. So with that, that's basically the tagline for this week. If you believe that you've got a better one, that question, I'm sure a lot of you do, please tell me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. Please tell me on TikTok if you want at Wrestling With Fiction. And even tell me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper as we finally get into the Brian Danielson storyline on, on how I would book him in AEW. Uh, spoilers. This could be the return of the final countdown. So some of you might be asking, Connor, where are we debuting Brian Danielson? Is it going to be the self-proclaimed recently rumoured debut at All Out? Or is it the New York show? Well, it's at All Out. So our story begins post Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Kenny Omega and the rest of the Super Elite are celebrating in the ring where... For the very first time in over a decade, we hear da 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 as Brian Danielson, because you know Tony Khan's got that money for the final countdown, is gonna head straight down to the ring, and he's just gonna stare down Kenny Omega, and then he's just gonna walk away in what is more than likely going to be the semi-main event. Because let's be honest here, nothing's going to top CM Punk in Chicago. So some of you might be wondering at this point, is Brian Danielson challenging for the AEW World Championship? No! <laughs> now I know there are going to be some people who immediately want Brian Danielson in his debut to just... Go for the world title. Challenge the best wrestler in the world. 
and go for it because he is the American Dragon. It's what everybody wants to see. Except that's not how AEW books people. If that was the case, then Christian Cage wouldn't have had his title shot at All Out. He would have had it like two months ago. This is very much another Christian Cage style situation where Brian Danielson has literally walked in to assert that he is now here in AEW. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to hear anything from him, no. Because on the very next Dynamite, it is advertised heavily that we're going to hear, for the first time in over a decade, Brian Danielson cunning a promo. And so, Brian Danielson immediately comes out on that episode of Dynamite, you know, to a hero's welcome. Because let's be honest, he is going to get a hero's welcome. It's Brian flipping Danielson, alright? Is it going to be as loud as CM Punk? Only time could potentially tell. But he says first to kind of, you know, get a little bit of a pop from the crowd. Wasn't much of a secret, was it? In which hopefully the crowd, you know, reacts to it and they give a, you know, Brian Danielson or yes, yes, yes. Because you got to imagine that's going to cross over. And Brian Danielson with Tony Schiavone in the ring pretty much gives him all the room to speak for himself. In which Brian Danielson simply states, My career has led me on a lot of paths. But the one thing that has always been constant is the ring that I stand before you in. A few months ago, I looked at my wife Bree in the eyes and told her that I lost my spark. On the grandest stage of them all, I looked out to a sea of fans and wondered, does the American Dragon still live? And you know what the answer was? Yes. Because for as long as there is a ring, for as long as I can go and fight until the very final countdown, I can do anything. But I can't do it alone. It's no secret that I've experienced miracles in this ring. But for those miracles can only go so far. I'm on a clock. The wrestling world for the first time in years is as open as it's ever been. And while there can only be one American dragon, there can be many pupils. And so, at this point, we see Brian Danielson take out from his pocket this very, like, distinct, almost looking like a, like, Shenron-style, like, dragon patch, in which he holds it up for, like, the camera to really see on the hard cam. And he says, As the wrestling world evolves further and further, what had once coined me the American Dragon has become slowly lost to time. My goal going forward is simple. Establish a dynasty. This patch that you see here is a symbol. It's my dynasty. It's the dynasty of the dragon. If you earn this emblem, you earn my teachings. You earn the moniker of being my pupil. The pupil of an American dragon. A man who has lived 
through an era of Samoan submission machines, fallen angels, and Chicago-made punks. If you earn this, you earn my teachings, the keys to the kingdom, the keys to being the greatest wrestler in the world. And so, the scouting begins now. Brian Danielson starts to look around in the coming weeks for potential recruits. We get, essentially, the establishment of a private training quarters for Brian Danielson. Pretty much a... The best way I could describe it is like a little fight camp that you have for Brian Danielson training with all of these other people coming into it. Maybe you get some of the, like, people from AEW Dark and Elevation who aren't featured as much to have, like, sparring sessions with Brian Danielson from week to week where he essentially, like, establishes is he good enough to be a member of the Dynasty of the Dragon? Because that is indeed the name of it and I think that's really cool. And so, through this, we get more of an idea of what he's really looking for and what this patch is really for, which is basically, you can put it on your ring gear, you can put it on your jacket, it's basically a sign that Brian Danielson approves of you and that on his way to the top, he's willing to take you with him. And so, through the weeks of Brian training in his dojo, we get preparations for the big AEW New York show where as Brian Danielson trains and he trains and he trains, we see him finally watch some tape of previous wrestlers who have been wrestling throughout AEW Dark, Elevation, Rampage, Dynamite, you name it. And his eyes stop on a particular figure and he, it isn't really revealed until the very next week where Basically, we see Brian Danielson get announced to be facing a wrestler by the name of Daniel Garcia at the New York show. So with this, Garcia, after having another failed attempt at attacking Darby Allen, enters into the locker room where we see him slowly get panned over to Brian Danielson in there, in which... Daniel Garcia immediately puts his fist up. He's like, why is Brian Danielson in this locker room? And he immediately says, what do you want? Brian simply responds saying, nothing. Something that I think you're very familiar with. What are you talking about? Brian simply responds with, you know, at 22 years old, I can do half the stuff that you could. But you know what I could do and still can do? It's out-wrestle everybody in that locker room. I'd say the same to you if you spent more time wrestling than running into fights. And he immediately gestures to the very noticeable, you know, bruises and injuries that Daniel Garcia has sustained from trying to attack the likes of Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, going into the, all of these things without a plan, mind you, other than to... Just try and make a statement. And in this moment, you know, he just basically gestures to Garcia, in which Garcia immediately tries to attack Brian Danielson, lock him in a submission, in which Brian very quickly escapes and ties his arm behind his back. And he simply says, 
You're nothing but a coy, Garcia. But perhaps one day, you can become a real dragon. And Brian simply lets go and walks away, in which the camera slowly pans to something that he left in Garcia's hand. And it's the dragon patch that he so eloquently described in his promo at the beginning. And we are left on that story until the very next week, which is the New York show, in which it is Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia, in which the story of this match is that whilst Daniel Garcia is a lot younger, he's a lot faster than Brian Danielson, his aggression is misplaced. It's not concentrated enough to lock in all the correct holds against Brian Danielson, a veteran of technical submissions. And in this, we see Daniel Garcia get submitted in his own finishing move by Brian Danielson, essentially humiliating him. Brian then, after the finish of the match, pulls Garcia up and once again holds out the dragon patch that he ever so eloquently gestured to Garcia. And Garcia, he shakes his hand in almost a sign of respect that someone of a very similar skill set and style decided to beat him at his own game. And from this point on, Brian has his very first pupil in Daniel Garcia. In what will become a trend, Brian dubs each member of his dynasty by a particular phrase or code name that defines his viewpoint on the individual, very much similar to how Brody Lee gave certain numbers to the Dark Order, like 99 for Anna J. Brian Danielson dubbed Daniel Garcia the Koi of his dynasty, a man who, much like the stories of the Koi in various other pieces of literature, is attempting to swim upstream until he could eventually become a dragon. And with this, we start to see Brian and Garcia have various segments backstage where the He's essentially training him, trying to control Garcia's anger and channel all of those little run-ins that he tried to do into something more valuable. But with this, it comes to our very first feud with the pair, and it's with none other than the boys! My favourites right now in AEW 2.0! The boys, the men, the myth, the legend, I love 2.0. To put it simply, I don't want to go on a tangent for this, they are, in my mind, they are the Bebop and Rocksteady of AEW in the best possible way. They're, they're the goons that you just, you just slot in there for like certain situations. And what better way to get their way back than to face the man who essentially stole like a figure in their faction. In fact, they get a very special buy-in match, you know, to really get people's like eyes into full gear against... Garcia and Brian Danielson to really see if the training pays off, in which 2.0 cut this particular promo, in which Matt just shouts immediately, Daniel! And of course, Jeff quickly responds, no, Matt. Matt, that's not his real name. Calm down. His name is Danielson now because he stole our son, Matt. How, how could you do this, Daniel? How could you steal our sweet little darling son, Daniel Garcia? He was growing up so fast! Yeah, he was. And what, you wanted to take him so you can rel relive your 
pesky little glory days? Ring of Honor was over a decade ago, Danielson. Do you want a taste? You want to take a swing at us, Danielson? How about you take a swing at us at full gear? We're rescuing our son! And unfortunately, 2.0 don't rescue their son. This is very much a showcase to show that Danielson's teachings have really started to sink into Garcia. We see less of that cheating and more of a concentration into, like, submission wrestling that Daniel Garcia is already well known for, but it's even more concentrated now, in which Garcia starts to use moves that are inspired by Brian Danielson, particularly the heel hook, which eventually gets the submission win on Jeff Parker, establishing that they are indeed a force to be reckoned with. The dynasty is something not to mess around with. And whether they start picking up, you know, little tag team wins on Dark and Elevation to really put them over. And Brian gets on the microphone and officially dubs Daniel Garcia as his first pupil, one of the finest technical wrestlers from around the world. But he much lacks experience. He's a coy in Brian's dynasty, the dynasty of the dragon. And with it, he's not going to be the only pupil in this group. He's not going to be the only guy to be added into this. But we'll get to that. So this continues for several weeks until Brian comes in to a very particular thing. Him and Garcia now essentially like hang around ringside a lot to inspect all the up and coming talent. Also as a way for Brian to teach him like weaknesses in the, you know, more modern style of wrestling, which is a lot more high risk, high reward. And also while inspecting men and women to potentially join the dynasty in the future. And this all comes to a head on an episode of Rampage where Brian and Garcia interfere and aid a vulnerable Layla Hirsch who is being attacked by the Bunny and the Hardy family office. Garcia essentially starts exchanging blows with people like Jack Evans and private parties. Danielson makes particular focus on Angelico. And this leads to Brian eventually grabbing the microphone and saying, you know, for the past three months I've been here, exhausted, sleep deprived, and fighting constant battles week to week with the Koi. AEW is no joke. Wrestlers of all different styles, kicks and flips all come here. Yet, no matter how much things change, and he looks over to Layla Hirsch, it's ironic how many things stay the same. As a man who's had to slay many giants in his career, I can't help but see a lot of myself in you, Layla. Your size, stature, you're an elite level talent, a technician, and a dragonfly of this industry. And just like that, Danielson offers a dragon patch to Layla Hirsch. Because that just feels like a great fit, doesn't it? You know, show that the dynasty isn't all about just pushing the male wrestlers, there's also sometimes like female talent. I think Brian would be a fantastic choice for this. Like to really toot to Layla Hirsch, who kind of has that mixed martial arts background. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be a really good dynamic. And it also kind of, you know, kind of shows the idea that the Dynasty of the Dragon is all-inclusive. And, like, you can have Layla Hirsch throughout all these, like, backstage segments, like, wrestling with Brian and wrestling with uh, Garcia to really get over that Layla Hirsch 
is a bit of a badass, isn't she? And in this, well, we start a feud with the dynasty, the dynasty of the dragon, and the Hardy family office. Some of you might be wondering, why are we going into this? It kind of feels like a very lower card feud, but we'll get to the reason why in a moment. So with this, on the next week episode of Dynamite, we get Brian Danielson versus Angelico. Garcia and Hirsch at ringside. Brian and Angelico have this, weirdly enough, a very long and drawn out match. A very technical match to a lot of people's surprise because I think people forget how good of a technician Angelico is. Like he's called the submission savant on several occasions. And... He brings a style that is incredibly relaxed and incredibly, you know, showmanship-wise. And that is something that has a lot of potential, but for what, we don't know yet. As Brian Danielson eventually picks up a win on Angelico because he is just simply too relaxed in the face of adversity against Brian Danielson. This frustrates Angelico because, you know, he feels like He's been outworked, out-submissioned by something that he has been considered a savant in, a genius. And with this, Angelico immediately demands another match. And Brian, he just gives this little grin and smiles and gestures that he can go another 30 minutes if he wants. But Matt Hardy quickly interrupts those plans. He, he lets them down and basically says there will be no match like that of the sort. And then next week, we get Angelico versus Daniel Garcia. Once again, another match to showcase the pupil that is Daniel Garcia. And of course, have Layla Hirsch at ringside to really showcase some of the teachings, trying to take out people like the bunny. Maybe even showcase a German suplex from Layla Hirsch into a submission on Jack Evans. I'm just saying. And as this happens, Daniel Garcia eventually picks up the win over Angelico. But there's a... There's a bit of a difference here. Uh, as the Hardy family office attempts to attack the group and Helico, he starts to... How do I put this? He starts to sort of say to... Look, they beat me fair and square. We don't need to do this anymore. We don't need to have a feud with them anymore. And Matt Hardy immediately snaps at Helico and says, Do not read your contract. I own you. You are nothing without me. And the legacy of the Matt Hardy brand... You are nothing without me. And immediately, Brian, he goes to Angelico's defense. He he praises him for his technical work, his incredible endurance when he really wants to focus. He's essentially the opposite of Daniel Garcia in every way. And so, Danielson, he makes a declaration. He wants to challenge Matt Hardy. And if... And if Brian Danielson wins, and he beats Matt Hardy. He will be allowed to buy out Angelico's contract. Because you know he's got a lot of money from the WWE stuff. But if Matt Hardy wins, he owns the dynasty. He owns Brian Danielson. And he must join the Hardy family office. Matt Hardy, and of course, brawls with Brian Danielson where there is going to be a ref bump. I know people don't like it, but it's in there for a reason. As during this, we have once again Matt Hardy trying to order Angelico to 
make a decision. Help me win this match. You know that everything he's saying is a pure lie. And of course, Angelico, in a turn of a babyface moment, aids Brian Danielson. He stops the rest of the Hardy family office so Brian can lock in a heel hook on Matt Hardy to pick up the win. And in this, Brian cuts a promo saying that he is one of those underrated, undervalued technicians in a sport filled with tremendous athletes. You are more than just the sum of your parts. You are no longer a hybrid. You are the real deal. You are the Komodo dragon of this dynasty. And so Angelico joins the dynasty. He is now one of the three pupils of Brian Danielson. And as you can see by this point, the team's starting to form a really cool dynamic here. We've got Brian Danielson, your leader, your incredible wrestler, world-renowned across the world, teaching a young upstart in Daniel Garcia, someone hyper-focused, incredibly determined, but just can't quite channel it together from a lack of experience. In contrast to Angelico, a cool, calm, collected savant of submissions who doesn't have the aggression to fully capitalize on every opportunity presented to him. We have Layla Hirsch, a woman undersized, an underdog who must rely on these submissions to overcome the likes of giants in AEW. People like Nyla Rose, Jade Cargill, and others who completely outsize her in multiple ways. And through wrestling people like Garcia and Angelico Men, she can eventually achieve heights greater than she's ever achieved before. But that is not the final member of this group. There's still one more left. <laughs> because through various sparring sessions that we see in backstage segments that really get over the contrasting personalities like how Garcia and Angelico are both essentially complete opposites that Brian constantly forces to spar together so that they can learn from each other. To Layla Hirsch kind of being like the big sister of the group trying to like sort them out in their own way. So we finally get a person entering into the dojo of the dragon, the dragon's dojo of the dynasty. And it's none other than a person who's kind of been, I'd say overlooked, a bit of a victim in a lot of scenarios since coming into AEW. And some of you might scoff at this idea of this person joining this kind of faction that's beginning to form with Brian Danielson and this entirely like submission based faction that we've got going it's Fuego Del Sol now I can hear maybe possible complaints and you know questioning why would you put Fuego in this group what value does Fuego bring to this group that a guy like Malachi Black or Insert favorite submission specialist, maybe a la Zack Sabre Jr. doesn't really have. Well, here's the thing about Fuego. He is malleable. And what do I mean by this? Fuego is a blank slate in AEW. He is a person who's only really known because of vlogs and YouTube vlogs and getting beat up by Miro and being seen as much like Brian Danielson back in the day, an underdog, a guy who 
really garnered help and support because of unanimous fan support. And of course in this, it's Fuego begging to get a chance to join this dojo because just because he got a contract, he doesn't know how long he could last here. Like, just because he's a friend of Sammy Guevara doesn't mean that he doesn't have goals of his own to be a champion one day in AEW. He doesn't just want to be a friend. He wants to be a champion and what better way to do that than to train with one of the best wrestlers in the world. And so with this, Fuego does not join immediately. He is very much put through a murder's row of this faction from week to week. Brian Danielson says, hey, if you want to join this group, you've got to show that you're ready and that you are able to be a member of this dynasty. Now keep in mind, Fuego's style does not fit this dynasty at all. He is very much a high-risk, high-reward wrestler, a person, the master of the Tornado DDT. But that doesn't mean that can't fully change. So in the first week, he faces Angelico. It's very much Angelico showing that his recent teachings have made a big impact on his career. Very much showing there's a little bit more of an edge to him. Not essentially like a like ruthless aggression Daniel Garcia, but just a little bit more. And by this point, we're starting to see the faction come together a bit. In which Angelico, much like Daniel Garcia was taught, and Brian Danielson was taught, locks in a heel hook on Fuego, in which he does eventually tap. This brings him to the next week, in which he faces Daniel Garcia, and immediately, we start to see Fuego kind of slow down a little bit, not really rush into everything that we once saw. The high-risk, high-reward Fuego is still there, but it's a little bit more controlled. We start to see... Fuego work on a bit of a ground game. We get little cuts to Brian Danielson watching at ringside as he he starts to grin. It's almost like, you know, in those like classic like sports movies where it's like, oh, he's starting to get it. He's starting to get something, but it just isn't enough. He loses to Daniel Garcia once again to the heel hook. And we build to the next week where Angelico and Garcia through constant bickering still ask, why are you still giving this guy a chance? He, there's no reason for him to be in this group. He's everything that you don't want. He's a high risk, high reward guy. He's, he's fast. He's reckless. He, he doesn't have the mastery of submissions like we do. And Brian simply says that there's a fire in him, a spirit. It's only an ember. But perhaps one day, it could be something more. And so we finally get to a next week. And it's Fuego versus Brian Danielson in another clinic for Brian Danielson. A 20-minute Mac classic from Danielson in which we start to see him target the legs of Fuego. In which, whilst he's able to connect some Tornado DDTs near the end of the match, he's forced to have more of a ground game. We start to actually see him lock in a heel hook on Brian Danielson, actually learning from his past mistakes of being locked into this hold. And whilst he's able to lock it in, he isn't able to 
hold it for long. It's a it's a peek into a more potential field Fuego who's really trying now. This is the longest he anyone could have thought he could have lasted against the American Dragon. But of course, eventually, Fuego going for another Tornado DDT is eventually countered by Brian with the momentum of the Tornado to once again have him fall to not a heel hook, but the yes lock as a sign of respect. Brian beats Fuego and he cuts, he grabs a microphone and we see Fuego looking down disappointed as Brian says, a week ago, I said that you were nothing but an ember. I lied. Fuego, you are a kind spirit. But in the wrestling world, kindness can only get you so far. Being just a guy in a vlog can make you live for a lifetime. Brian orders Angelico to enter the ring and grab something from his pocket. But joining the dynasty can make you live forever. And he offers it out to Fuego, looking out in complete shock and suspense, in which Brian continues. It's time we make those embers leave more than marks. It's time that they leave scars. Fuego, join me. Join the Koi, the Komodo, the Fly, and the Dragon. Be our salamander. And Fuego immediately accepts. He grabs the patch. And he effectively becomes your underdog rookie babyface who is learning from the master. Who is actively learning these submissions from week to week. And we see an evolution in his style. More so than any other member of the group. And with it we get a final burning image in the very next vignette. Each of them now given a very set title. Garcia, the Koi. Angelico, the Komodo. Layla Hirsch, the Dragonfly. And Fuego del Sol, the Salamander. Each given a Dynasty of the Dragon themed robe. Based off of, you know, the old American dragon robe that he used to come out to. And they all now come together. The Dynasty of the Dragon has been formed. Brian Danielson now has a team. And now there is nothing that can stop him and his members from traveling the world and establishing a new dynasty in professional wrestling. But that is only part one. So from where we last left off, we've immediately established a new faction with Brian Danielson. Had him go through a couple of lower card feuds with 2.0 in the Hardy family office. And now, well, it's about time we pay off the whole Kenny Omega thing. So how does that all go about? So basically, Brian gets exactly what he wants and what we all assume is going to happen is that he gets a little bit of a talent exchange with New Japan. So he goes on tour for a few weeks to challenge for the IWGP US title against the likes of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi, which will be very fun. During this time, he orders Daniel Garcia and Angelico to quote-unquote 
be nice to each other and get some tag team matches under their belt to really, you know, continue their team and friendship there. And whilst he does that, Fuego is ordered to kind of just have more confidence in his own abilities, have more faith that he is good enough to be part of the AEW roster. And during this, we see, uh, basically the beginnings of a super elite versus the dynasty feud in which we start seeing Brandon Cutler take on Fuego and Fuego starting to really learn those submission techniques that he's been watching from Garcia and Angelico starting to pull those off. Uh, we start to see Daniel Garcia and Angelico eventually get a tag match against still the tag team champions, the Young Bucks, because, uh, this is just going to spoil my prediction. I don't think they're losing the belts anytime soon. I'm looking at you, Dark Order. And with this, we get the first big angle of this whilst Brian Danielson is overseas, in which Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and the rest of the Super Elite assault Daniel Garcia and Helico post-match, injuring Angelico's head and giving him a major concussion with the BTE trigger. The very next week on Dynamite, we see essentially Brian return from his excursion in Japan, seeing the sight of his very close friend in Angelico, who he's been training, getting a very similar injury that he had, you know, eventually that forced him to temporarily retire for, you know, several years. Kind of a big deal that the Elite is sending a message like that. And in which we see a promo from Kenny Omega saying that he has declared war on the Dynasty. He blames the Dynasty for him losing the AEW World title at full gear to Hangman Adam Page. Because he felt that because of the threat looming over Brian Danielson, he overlooked his former close friend. Now during this, Brian is incensed that this man has tried to essentially ruin and get rid of a man's career that he has taken to be the next generation of professional wrestling. So thus we begin Brian Danielson's, I guess, assault on the rest of the Super Elite with the rest of the Dynasty, Layla Hirsch, Fuego, and Garcia in tone to make the Super Elite's life a living hell. Starting with a very successful match with Garcia and Danielson in which they win the tag titles from the Young Bucks in a shocking turn of events. In this, Brian now has a title. Now he believes that he can start making demands where he basically asks for a singles match with Kenny Omega. Which, by the way, very exciting. I want this really bad. So, with it, we get the very special entrance of the final countdown. The rest of the dynasty coming in all in their special, like, robes with their own, like, stitched on, like, names on there. The Koi, the Dragonfly, the Komodo, the Salamander, and Brian as the American Dragon. All the while, the Super Elite come in with a, you know, mocking of, like, I'm gonna say Kung Fu Panda? I don't know what. I'm imagining kind of the same juxtaposition of the fight for the fallen entrances where Brian is trying to take it seriously and prove that he's the best wrestler while Kenny is trying to like 
completely mock all of his ideologies and all his ideas about building these established bonds. Like, you don't need bonds in wrestling. So they have a classic match. A very, very good match. Which Kenny eventually comes out on top. Now, some of you might be saying, should Danielson lose at this point? Yes. Because, you know what? We don't know how long Danielson's run's gonna be. We might as well put over talent along the way. So in this, this is Brian's first big loss in AEW. And the first thing that he does is that he tries to congratulate Omega. Because through all of the chicanery, all of this, he can now fully accept that this man is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's truly lived up to the nickname of the best bout machine. But Kenny is having none of it. Kenny immediately hits Brian with a V-trigger. He continues to target the neck again and again and again. We see the spot that has already taken out Hangman Page for several weeks, the BTE trigger combination with Kenny, where it's just a bunch of knee strikes, essentially targeting the injured neck of Daniel Bryan. In the coming weeks, Bryan is injured. Garcia is furious as two members, even ones that he didn't really like in Helico, are essentially sidelined for a couple of weeks. And in this, we finally see Garcia really kind of develop a little bit more. He goes back to his old ways of trying to attack people, but it's more calculated. It's more focused on taking out individuals one by one until eventually he gets a match of Omega and eventually loses. But it's not all forgotten because in this attack and in this assault we finally see the return of Angelico and Brian Danielson to come in for the save and rescue their pupil with Layla Hirsch and Fuego in tow in which Danielson says Omega you tried to ruin my career you tried to burn the legacy of the American dragon down but someone never told you did they that the legacy of a dragon never dies. And to prove that, I guess that we are not going to only have to go through battles. We are going to have to go to war. I will assemble a team. You will assemble a team. Because in three weeks, the dynasty and the elite shall fight in blood and guts. Now some of you might be wondering here, what? How? Why? Why would you have this? Very simple. Uh, I really want to establish the dynasty as a focused unit that through all of these teachings are finally trying to get along with each other. Now, some of you might be wondering, is Layla Hirsch going to be in the match? Absolutely. But, it's not going to be the 5 on 5 that we had in the original Blood and Guts. We're going to have a 6 on 6. And this time it's going to be with pinfalls and submissions because Danielson specifically orders from Tony Khan that he wants there to be a definitive winner. No giving up. No quits. It's just if I knock them out, it's done. So more akin to a War Games match because I kind of think... If you just have him give up, isn't really going to be much else to it. Particularly with this kind of 
blood war that we're getting. I understand the whole idea of, like, humiliation, but I kind of want to keep it like that. So with this, it's six on six. You got the Super Elite, Gallows and Anderson, the Bucks, Kenny, and Brandon Cutler against Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia, and Helico Fuego, Layla Hirsch, and a mystery opponent who Brian will decide on the night of the show. So immediately, you get some mystery and intrigue here as we get several vignettes of Danielson trying to keep it under wraps, even to his students, who he is planning to bring in. All he's gave is that it's a person I fought many, many years ago, an old friend of mine. That's all we get up until Blood and Guts, where the Super Elite all enter, all prepared to go to war. Layla Hirsch and Helico Daniel Garcia, Brian Danielson come out all together as a unit as Danielson welcomes someone pretty new. Well, not really new to the wrestling world, but new to AEW. And someone that Kenny Omega knows incredibly well. Because the final member of the dynasty for this match is Kota Ibushi. <laughs> yes, I'm bringing in Kota Ibushi because if Tanahashi's planning to go to AEW to face Moxley at some point, we can bring in Kota Ibushi. Because by this point, Brian has fought him in Japan. He's arguably considered one of the best wrestlers in the world. And he would gladly do a favor after seeing one of his close friends be corrupted by a man named Don Callis. So in this, we see all the development that we've been trying to build with the Dynasty of the Dragon come into fruition into this match. Layla Hirsch, the only female in this match, the first and only female in this match, by the way, hitting German suplexes and submissions left and right onto Brandon Cutler, Matt and Nick Jackson. He can't quite, like, lift Kenny at first and then eventually hits a deadlift German. It's really cool. You get Angelico finally getting more of an aggressive side to him, using, like, steel chairs to modify his submissions. We get Daniel Garcia willing to work in a team with Angelico and even embrace some of the more relaxed nature, goading in the Young Bucks. And we see, after Brian Danielson suffered from having this torment by the super elite, having members of his own dynasty get severely injured, him, along with Kota Ibushi, finishing the match, delivering a golden trigger to Kenny Omega in which he does not kick out. And we see, for the first time, Kenny Omega start to come to his senses a bit at the end of the match, and that springs off into a Kota Ibushi Kenny Omega feud, but that's not the story we're in. <laughs> so we move on from this, the, the wars, and this more unified thing of the dynasty, along with Fuego, which I almost forgot to mention, having more confidence in the ring, willing to take more risks and have more confidence in himself as a wrestler. As we head into the next big pay-per-view revolution, it's Brian Danielson going for his first world title while he is still the AEW Tag Team Champion against Hangman Adam Page. And with this, it is very much a story of wrestling philosophies. The 
philosophy of Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, the man built off of submission expertise against Hangman Page, the new school, the man who is basically a hybrid of speed and power all at once. But whilst this is also happening, Brian also has to defend his tag team titles against the Lucha Bros, who are still goading for another opportunity after working their way up the rankings. And with this, we see Brian training as hard as he can, the hardest he's ever done before. And we start to see him train more with Garcia in the gym. We see him more training with Fuego. And we start to see Brian starting to slow down a bit. The pressure of going for two titles is starting to get to him. The, the life of the American Dragon is just starting to really whimper on him. And during a particular vignette in the build-up to Revolution, we see Brian Danielson as he's going for a roundhouse kick to Garcia. Slowly, his leg gives out. And as he does this, the rest of the dynasty is out, you know, supporting each other in big matches. Fuego is getting a shot against Sammy Guevara to prove that he's more than just a member of the vlog crew in kind of a friendly exhibition bout. And... Brian whispers something into Garcia's ear that we won't really see until the closing moments of Revolution. And it's something that we get to as we finally get to the Revolution pay-per-view. It's Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia versus the Lucha Bros. And after Brian just going for broke too early into the match, the Lucha Bros catch them by surprise with... Their, I don't know how to describe it. The, just everything that the Lucha Bros does. I can't remember the finishing move, but it's something involving a package pile driver, which targets Brian and Danielson's neck, and the Lucha Bros win the tag team titles. And in this, it looks like Brian Danielson is weakened. He's banged up. He doesn't look like he can compete further, knowing that he's got a main event match at. At literally a couple hours later. So during this, Daniel Garcia, he he whis he tries to drag him back up and he just like, just says something off mic saying, are you sure about this? And of course, we're just assuming it's the title match. So Brian just reluctantly says yes. He says yes. As he gets ready for the main event match, but he says to Garcia that if, anything happens and you don't think that I can keep going and he passes he passes Garcia a towel you have every right to throw this in and during this we get the main event of Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson a match of styles a match of fights and a match that it takes Brian the guy who remember has had to fight adversity his entire career, had to go through WrestleManias against Triple H, Randy Orton and Batista in the same night, fall to Hangman Page after two buckshot lariats, all targeting the damaged neck of Brian Danielson. One, two, three. Hangman Page retains the world title in a competitive match that puts over the young AEW world champion, and we see Brian slowly get to his feet, noticeably angry at Garcia. And he he starts to 
you know, fall to his knees. He asked Garcia to give him a microphone. And he says, I've been fortunate enough to travel the world. I've been fortunate enough to build a dynasty. But I've also been fortunate enough to end my career on my own terms. And he looks to the rest of the dynasty who are in shock. Garcia noticeably just dreading the worst as he realizes that what he whispered to him is actually coming true. Brian announces that at the very next pay-per-view, double or nothing, he will retire. And that is the end of part two. By this point, Brian has faced some of the top stars in AEW, in New Japan, and around the world. He has fought people who contrast his styles, people of varying styles, and now he's also taken up various students. The group, particularly Fuego, asked, like, why, why are you doing this now? Can you just wait a little bit longer? Can't... You've said you, that you've always wanted to wrestle for as long as you can. You, I can see it. You can still keep going. You're, you're the American dragon. There is nothing else that you need to do. And Danielson immediately snaps at Fuego. There is nothing else I need to prove. There's nothing else that I need to do for the rest of you. You are my students. You will always forever be my students. But if you want to be dragons and more than just these random names on there, you need to show it to me and that you can all do this on your own. And I know that all of you are capable. I wouldn't have made you my pupils if I thought you couldn't. Fuego. Whilst you lack confidence, you make up for it in spirit. You make up for it in the ability to adapt to anything that is thrown at you. Layla Hirsch, you lack size, you lack strength, but you have the power and versatility of a dragon. Angelico, you may be relaxed, you may sometimes take life a little bit more on the wild side, but when you're focused, there is nobody who can stop you. And then there's you, Daniel Garcia, 22 years old, a real prodigy of the professional wrestling world. I would be lying if I said that I did not see a little Brian Danielson in my presence when I saw you. But you're not Brian Danielson, you're Daniel Garcia. And that's the person that I want to see. And thus it is set on the build to double or nothing. We get basically Brian over the coming weeks with matches being hyped up for each and every single week on the build to double or nothing. Brian having matches with his pupils in the build up to his final match at double or nothing against his very first pupil, Daniel Garcia. The first big match they have after a fortnight is Brian Danielson against Layla Hirsch. Yes, 
we are getting an intergender match. But by this point, we've seen Layla Hirsch suplex men, suplex various other women, all to show that size does not matter in the wrestling world. And it's really no different here. We see, for the first time, Brian Danielson be the bigger opponent in a match against Layla Hirsch. We see Layla Hirsch bust, bust out all of the stops. She even manages to lock in a heel hook onto Brian Danielson, almost getting him to submit before he could lock in the classic yes lock to tap out Layla Hirsch. It's at this point that Brian Danielson grabs a microphone as Layla Hirsch looks on sad and disappointed that she had won the last matches against her pu against her master. And Brian praises her technical ability and how there is nobody on this roster from Pittsburgh all the way to across the entire flipping world who is as tough and as resilient as Layla Hirsch. And he gifts Layla Hirsch one of the very first robes that he ever had. The second match after another fortnight is against Angelico, a person far more serious than the Angelico of old who was originally a member of the Hybrid 2. And in this we get a more focused Angelico, a more serious Angelico as Brian in the build up to this match tries to encourage Angelico to bring out that serious side. Bring out the Angelico of his Lucha Underground days, bring out the Angelico who could take on five men by himself, take out, bring out the Angelico, who is the true submission savant of all elite wrestling. And we see a much more serious side to Angelico, who really focuses on, because he would only really encourage it, him to target the neck, as he wanted him to take it just a little bit more seriously, in which Brian barely escapes Angelico's submission by winning via a roll-up. Danielson says that when he gives Angelico freedom, he can do whatever he wants now. Just that he would never forget that actions speak louder than words. And he gives Angelico a particular submission. He gives Angelico an the heel hook as his main finish. It gives him his blessing, it's now his main finish. So then we get to Fuego del Sol, who by this point has had matches against the likes of Sammy Guevara, has had a lot more courageous performances as he's began to learn how to be more of a submission specialist. He loses still fairly consistently, but the tides are beginning to turn. And we get Fuego versus Danielson too, in which Fuego in a shock of events, hits the Tornado DDT, keeps the arm on, and locks in after watching a bunch of Brian Danielson matches, the Cattle Mutilation. He locks it in on Brian Danielson, attempting to tap him out with his own move, as Brian barely, and I mean barely, escapes from not only passing out, but getting to the ropes just in time. We see Brian hit Fuego out of nowhere with Fuego going for another Tornado DDT, countered into a running knee. One, two, three. Fuego loses. And basically, Brian says that you've come a long way. 
To the world, you may not look like a monster, but you have the heart and spirit of a dragon. You can slay any beast that is in your way now, Fuego. From this point forward, that cattle mutilation that you used on me, consider it the salamander's submission. He passes the move down to Fuego, they hug in the ring, and he basically leaves Fuego off saying that he can do anything. And so we finally get to double or nothing. The battle between the American Dragon and the Koi. Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. The people who started the dynasty together now see it through to its end. Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson have a match that harkens back to their initial encounter where basically Daniel Garcia having a lot more concentration and particularly focusing on training actually not locks in Brian into the wrist lock that gave him the patch in the first place upon their very first encounter. We see Garcia lock in various submission holds from all of his fellow stablemates, Layla Hirsch's armbar, uh, Angelico's leg locks, uh, Fuego's brand new cattle mutilation, but it doesn't seem to quite put away Brian Daniels and he figures out how to get out of every single hold. But the one hold that he can't get out of is one that, well, one that he perfected. One that he was able to win multiple world championships with. And that is the yes lock in a parallel to what started this story between the pair. Daniel Garcia taps out Brian Danielson in his own move. Garcia realizing what happened immediately as Brian lays near unconscious in the ring, hugs his fallen master as he gets up and he says, I'm sorry, I am so sorry. As Brian gets up, he says that he's proud of his entire dynasty. He's proud of all the fans who came to support him, who took on the blessing of these wrestlers who he tried to take under his wing. And he says that he gave Layla Hirsch one of his old ring gears. He gave Angelico a submission. He gave Fuego a finish of his. But he doesn't want to give that to Garcia. He's better than that. Garcia was always a student who he always believed could carry the future. It's the reason why he was one of the very first people to be recruited into Brian Danielson's dynasty. Which is why, from this point forward, Brian Danielson doesn't gift Garcia a finisher. He gifts Garcia a nickname. The American Dragon. From this point forward, Brian Danielson leaves and retires from professional wrestling, now in the corner of his former pupils in their big time matches, and he gives Daniel Garcia a title. The American Dragon, Daniel Garcia. As Brian retires, the American Dragon lives on. Not as just an ordinary nickname, but as a harbinger of the next generation of technical masters. Brian Danielson's legacy 
from this point forward would always and forever be remembered. So yeah, that that's how I would book Brian Danielson AEW. It kind of it kind of evolved from more than just a debut into a whole career of Brian Danielson because uh I'm not gonna lie, I probably skipped out a bunch of stuff in there that I wanted to include. I don't see Brian Danielson staying around for super long, and I feel like, you know, this might be potentially Brian Danielson's last run in professional wrestling. And I think what Brian would more than likely do, as I tried to convey in this story, was to really bring up up-and-coming talent and people who are particularly underutilized. And the reasons why I picked guys like Garcia, incredibly young talent, I see so much potential in him. His stuff of 2.0 is fantastic. Layla Hirsch is a fantastic member of the roster, who especially, like, after the NWA Empower event, I think really has her stock risen, and I think could be risen even more with something like this. Uh... Fuego, I think he doesn't really have anything going right now. And I think having someone with the guise of Brian Danielson could really put over his talent more from being just a, like, cult following to a widely beloved figure, which I kind of think would be a great tie-in with Brian Danielson. Because at the core of it, I think Brian Danielson would ultimately want to put over young talent and establish new and interesting feuds, whether it be at the bottom of the card, like at the beginning of the story, to, you know, the upward main event level. That's kind of what I was trying to aim for, but who knows? Do you think it was good? Who really knows? I, if you got this far, wow. <laughs> I think this is probably going to be the longest episode I've done to date, so we're, we're going to be skipping Fantasy Fumble this week just because of the length of this episode already, but... Yeah, with that, if you got this far, thank you so much for listening. We are on the road to 2,000 downloads, which I, I can't believe. It's been over a year of doing this. And it, it kind of blows my mind that people listen to me from time to time. Ah, oh, it, it, it sometimes gives me anxiety. I'll be real with you, it gives me anxiety. But I do it because I love talking about wrestling and, you know people are responding more to it, so that's amazing. Like, I, I want to start building a community for this, and I've said this multiple times before, but I want to get that going. So if you love this episode, if you have any feedback or critiques, please spread the word, tell me what you think. Just, like, let me know on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. Tell me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper or Wrestling With Fiction. You'll find it. And even tell me on TikTok. I, I really want to hear your thoughts on this one. This story's been my baby. And I know it's probably going to be a little bit different from a lot of things. But I, I think it's really fun. I think it's really special. So with that, if you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. It really does help out the podcast a ton. It really does. I'm still on the road to getting my first ever... Apple Podcast Review. So if you're watching there, or if you're watching anywhere, please feel feel free if you've got a spare minute of your time to consider leaving a review. 
It'd be an absolute pleasure and it helps out way more than you would think. I would be so grateful. And with that, I think I'm going to end it here. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And remember everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody.